exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Rinku, and I'll be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. How's it going, Megan? Oh, good. Long weekend. Long weekend. At least we had, you had the day off, right? Right. I mean, I don't know if anyone went yet or if you've even gone or want to. I went to the auto show. Oh, I wanted to go. And it was pretty fun. It was it was really cool. It was I a bet. Long, it was a long day though. It's a lot of walking. <laughs> it's a lot of walking, but you see a lot of really cool cars. Uh huh. I haven't been to the auto show in years. I just haven't had a chance to get out there again. But every time I've gone in the past, I've always loved it. Always a great thing. Great for Detroit. Obviously, keep that going strong. Right. But uh, definitely happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day to all of our listeners out there. Like I said, hopefully for you people that did have the day off work, you got something done or you just lazed around and relaxed. All right? Because tomorrow does start the work week for a lot of people. But let's get to sports. We have a lot to get to on today's show. So let's kick the show off. And we're going to start the show off with the Michigan State Spartan basketball team. The Spartans, which have, you know, been giving Megan and I, and I think a lot of East Lansing, a lot of a lot of problems, a lot of issues for the past couple weeks, mm-hmm. have really given us a couple of exciting games. Uh, one Tuesday against Wisconsin, and a game a couple days ago, Saturday at the Breslin, against Northwestern. Some very exciting games. Let's start off, though, with the game against the Wisconsin Badgers on Tuesday evening. Yeah, like I was saying, the Michigan State Spartans played the Wisconsin Badgers on Tuesday in a game where it looked like they were going to lose again. This team was down nine points with just about two and a half minutes left in the game. Uh, probably at that point in the game, you can start to see the unraveling begin. I mean, they're already down nine. Doesn't seem like they're going to come back. Kind of improbable, especially for a team struggling the way the Michigan State Spartans were. But they won. They came back. They tied the game up. They got it. They got it into overtime, and they ended up winning sixty-four to sixty-one, which might be the biggest win for this team this season, in my opinion. If they needed this game to just get back on track, to get back into that winning mentality of knowing that they can beat good teams, especially beat them on their home court, which they have proven to us over the years that that is where they are at their strongest. Now, Megan, you were at this game. Yep. You said you had great seats. Yep. <laughs> I did not. I was you know in front of a TV. So give me your perspective uh, from watching this game. Oh, Wisconsin. Um, it's another one of those games that shouldn't have been as close as it was. Uh-huh. Uh, we still have a lot of things to work on. This game, not talking about this past Saturday, but the Tuesday before, um, one thing we really needed to work on was prob- most likely our free throw shooting and, uh-huh. our, and our rebounding. Uh, those were two huge things uh, that they needed to work on, and they improved. They improved when it got to um, Saturday, which was great to see, even though that was another you know, nail-biter. Nail-biter, yeah. And, um, but that's... it. They... They they pulled it through. I mean, they they won. And as long as they're improving and getting better where they should be, then there's not much more we can ask from them. Well, no, definitely not. I mean, like I said, I think the resiliency of this team in these last two games, again, we're talking about Wisconsin on Tuesday and then Northwestern game on Saturday, so let's not get them confused. But I'm saying with both of these games, the resiliency of the team to be able to play from behind after having a poor first half or even having after a poor having a poor first 10 minutes, first 15 minutes in a sense of the second half, especially in that Wisconsin game, it was nice to see this team get it together and get a win. That's what they need to do. This team has proved that they can play a half of basketball, that they can play, you know, half one in, you know, half a game of basketball or more than that. But they need to play a full game. Right. Wisconsin's a good opponent. Okay, we'll be seeing them again later this season. There's nothing to there's nothing to sneeze at. They are a good team. Okay? And I think the one good thing, one stat if you want to take out of this Wisconsin game is the defense that Michigan State got on the Badgers. Okay? Wisconsin came into this game against the Spartans having only 13 turnovers in three combined games. The Spartans, though, forced them to 11 turnovers in that game Tuesday night. That is fantastic. That means we're getting pressure on the ball. We're making them take tough shots. They need to keep that kind of consistency up. You need to force guys into difficult shots. Too often or not, I see the defense break down, and you see teams getting easy buckets, whether it's in the paint against the Spartans or whether it's just wide-open outside shots. 
They did a good job at doing that. Also, let's give a shout-out to Adrian Payne in that game against Wisconsin. Adrian Payne did a real good job defensively. Uh, He only played 11 minutes, but at the same time, he did a really good job. He scored four points, rebounded the ball well, and basically... A spark for the team is what I've read. He played a really good job, and I'm really happy to see that from that young kid. A couple of things. You said defense. Yes. Uh, the only thing about their defense that I really did not like is, like you were saying, um, they, they came out in the second half. I still don't. I want to know what Izzo says to them at halftime because this seems to always happen <laughs> in all their games. But um, it, it came out. They put so much more pressure on the ball at the end of the game, which I know it's clutch then, but it's something you want to see throughout the duration of the game. Yes. Um, you know, that's something that they need to continuously do because we want, like, these are exciting games, obviously, but we don't want them to be, you know, that exciting to the extent <laughs> that we have the chance of losing. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing was, uh, I'm going to kind of move ahead to Northwestern real quick. Yeah. Um, Backdoor was a big thing uh-huh. that they could not do. I, I was sitting next to my friend, and he's like, why are they taking all these jump shots? He's like, yeah. jump shot? Oh, good on the court. Oh, another jump shot. Like, another jump shot? Another one. Like, How many jump shots are we going to take? Like, Finally, I mean, we can sit here and we can bash on them forever, but we can, we can, <laughs> we can see the court. That's the thing. And, you know, when you're in the game, you're like so much adrenaline. That yeah, kind of thing. So it's moving not, a lot faster. Yeah, I'm not going to take it away from them. When they finally got it, though, the, I remember this one, they got it down to Knicks. Mm-hmm. Up, layup, two points. Like, Beautiful. It was, the, it was the simplest, simplest concept, simplest play they could possibly run. Get it and, into the post. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the one thing, that's another thing that they need to do. They need to get it down low. I agree. We were talking about this last week with Ronnie, and it's yeah, the same thing that they don't utilize the post as well with guys like Knicks, guys like Delvon Rowe, and even Draymond Green. Get the ball down low, point paint, points in the paint. That's where your easy buckets come from. And usually, if you outscore a team in the paint, you're going not, to, not, you're not necessarily going to win the game, but you're going to give yourself a good shot to win the game. And, you know, because you can't always rely on jump shots. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at that Northwestern game, this team shot 26% from the field in the first half. That's not going to get it done. 26% is god-awful. I mean, it is terrible. Now, the reason the Spartans kept themselves in that game is they shot great from the free-throw line against Northwestern, and they rebounded the ball very efficiently. That is the reason this team got this game done, Got won this game. I need to throw in there, I'm not taking away from um, Keith Appling at all, because uh-huh. he had some beautiful three-point shots. Oh, yeah. You know, to kind of kind of uh, shorten you know the span of the the score and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not taking away from him because he obviously can shoot from the perimeter they just have to be good ones it seemed like a lot of the times we were running in the key like barely across the three-point line and like oh let's toss one, one up. up yeah i mean we have like we still have like <laughs> 25 seconds left on the shot clock and we're like we need to go we need to go let's shoot let's go yeah. like that kind of thing and it's you need to work it get it down low get some easy shots back door was open all the time i was around all these kids yelling Look down below, he's hungry. Like, feed him. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was, and this is, that'd be one thing I really would like them, like to see more often from them would be down low um, shots because that's, that's how you get ahead. Yeah. And that's how, like, you can take as many jump shots, you can take as many three points as you want, but when they're not falling, like they weren't, like, you know, like they weren't during the game. Yeah, in the first half of the North, Northwestern game. Then you need to adjust. And you need to find something else that is going to work. And once they started doing that backdoor and finding the finding the guys down low, they were drawing fouls. They were making free throws. One after the other, they were making their baskets. I mean, I think there might have been a couple of and ones in there. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, definitely. And I, that's just... I'm, they need to keep doing it. <laughs> no, they do. And, I mean, like you said, um, basically, I mean, you saw Northwestern's defense using a 1-3-1 uh, you know, zone. And, you know, that created problems for the Spartans. Again, what does Tom Izzo say to them at the half? I don't know. <laughs> it seems to work. They seem to really come out with fire lit under their butts. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, the free throw shooting was really what probably won us the game in essence. 85.7% from the free throw line in that whole game against Northwestern. That is great. Uh, Draymond Green, 10 for 10 from the line and uh, real fast Draymond Green is named the Big Ten Player of the Week this guy in two games one against Northwestern and Wisconsin averages he averaged 21 points eight and a half boards in both of those games shot 42% from the field 50% from three-point land and almost 90% from the free throw line averaged three assists two one and a half steals one and a half blocks played phenomenal 
We were getting on Draymond last week about he's not playing up to his potential. We know mm-hmm. how good this kid is. Mm-hmm. He showed us what we, you know, what's up. I wonder if he heard us. I, I hope so. <laughs> I, he probably didn't. But no, listen, I th- he knew that he's better than what he was playing. Oh yeah. And he came out and he played great. I mean, twenty six points against Wisconsin. Uh, you know, just you know, he played fantastic against Northwestern as well. Ten for ten from the line. That was huge. A, 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 a very late uh, free throw as well to tie that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's just a phenomenal job. This is actually the first time MSU. Uh, player has been a uh, Big Ten Player of the Week since Raymar Morgan back in uh, March 2010. So that just shows you enough how well he did play in these two games. And it's really nice to see him kind of get back to what we know he can do. Um, it's very important. I have a question, though, for you. Because, you know, you you were at this Wisconsin game. Mm-hmm. What's happened to Darrell Summers? What, what is with this guy? I mean, Darrell, um, you know, he scored three points in this Wisconsin game. Mm-hmm. Took six shots only. Mm-hmm. You see... I just I can't understand him game to game. Some nights he demands the ball, right. he wants it, he's shooting it, he's going after the ball, he's, he's demanding the ball, I guess is the best way to say it. And in this Wisconsin game, standing in the corner, standing there like he's got his hands in his pockets, just just kind of looks bored out there. I didn't, I didn't even notice this. Someone pointed out to me he didn't play the last nine minutes of the Northwestern game. No. They pulled him. And Izzo benched him, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I... Who knows? I mean, it, they're hot, they're cold, they're basketball players. It happens. I'm not going to take it away from him. He's a great player. Um, I he just not being aggressive like mm-hmm. he normally is. I he just like you said just needs to demand the ball. He's good. He's real good. No, he's and, great talent. Yeah, exactly. And I just maybe maybe it was an off week. I mean, who knows? It's tough to say. I mean, yeah. here's here's a little quote from uh, you know Tom Izzo as to regard of you know Darrell Summers and why he was on the bench for that final nine ten minutes of the Northwestern game. Um, you know, Izzo says, "quote Darrell was feeling like he wasn't doing anything right, and if that you know if he's not enthused, I'm going to sit him." And that kind of disappoints me because even if you're not doing things right, even if things aren't going your way, this is basketball, you're not going to be good every night. Shots aren't always going to drop for you every night. That's why you're a shooter. You just keep on shooting. That's just the golden rule as a shooter. Or maybe create better shots for your teammates. But that enthusiasm type thing bothers me because that's some, that's different. That means like it, it's really getting in his head that he's not playing well. And when he's not playing well, well and he doesn't get as enthused, it almost feels like a kid playing on the basketball court and you all, you know, you get all, you get all mad, and you know, oh, I'm done. I'm not gonna play. You know, things aren't going good for me. I don't like that attitude. I feel like you got to keep working. Yeah, you got to keep working. You got to just keep trying as hard as you can. Again, you're not always gonna make the shots. You're gonna have rough games. You're gonna have bad shooting nights. But you got to push through them with the same kind of, you know, heart, with the same kind of enthusiasm. If you were shooting, you know, if you were having a twenty-some point game. It, it doesn't always show up in the box score what you do in a game, okay? It could be setting good picks. It could be, like you said, making nice passes for the backdoor cuts to players down low. It does not always have to be hitting the shot. That is not always you know, the be-all, end-all for a player. Guys like ben, I know we're going to the NBA, but guys like Ben Wallace, what he does doesn't show up in the box score a lot of the times. It's the little intangibles that he does. You know, chasing after loose balls, just playing with a lot of heart and hunger, and a lot of times that can will you into winning a game. And I just like to see more out of Darrell. Like we've said, I think he's he, you know he's pro- the second best player probably on the team, and I think he needs to play like it more frequently. Uh, here's a, I got to talk a little bit Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo, uh, you know, he had his uh, press conference as usual today, and uh, basically he said, said his quoting: "This has been one of my toughest seasons yet." He says, quote, we have to go earn ours. He said, that's it, that's, that's it as a coach. He says, isn't, it, it isn't God. He isn't going to cure a guy's foot injury for us. You know, you got to go out and do everything. You know, God's not going to help you and to win a basketball game. No offense. That's not to anyone who's religious, but it goes on the court. I'm sorry. God's not going to win a basketball game for the Spartans. It's the players. It's the coaches. And Izzo realizes how tough this season has been for him. Like you said, this is one of the toughest seasons he's ever had as a coach. Well, I mean, they, yeah. they, they were preseason ranked second. Yeah, too. Uh, what, last I checked, they were 24th. Uh, right now, they actually, they're uh, 18th in the coaches' poll okay. as of uh, today because they, they that all just changed today, and they're okay. 17th in the AP. Yeah, I mean, to go from 2 to 18 and have so many expectations for a team that's actually very, very talented and just not coming through the way they're supposed to be, I could understand where he's coming from with that. Yeah. I mean, it is a tough season. You have so much to live up to, so many expectations from 
people, from fans, from other teams, from, you know, their players. And, like, it's – I can – I understand where he's coming from completely. I mean, it's a very tough season with things and expectations to live up to. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, when, you, when you're touted as that good preseason, honestly, sometimes that can hurt you. I think certain teams, you look at teams like the Spartans, I think they do better flying under the radar. Uh, they do a little bit better with that. I think sometimes having the national pressure and prominence on their shoulders kind of holds them back a little bit. And I, we've talked about it before. I think it was last week. This team's not used to losing. These players aren't used to this. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been here for three, four years already. Maybe some of them, too. Two Final Fours in a row. They just, they've, they've been so used to success. It's sometimes it takes it takes some it takes you to fall to get back up. They need to learn how to deal with losses and they need to know how to bounce back from them. Mm-hmm. They're four and one right now in the Big Ten. Okay, they're not doing bad. They're behind Ohio State basically. Uh, you know they're they're fine. Uh, you know they have a big game coming up tomorrow in Champaign, Illinois against against Illinois. Um, this should be a good game. Illinois is ranked twenty uh, second, and uh, you know it's going to be a big game. Illinois did struggle this week with some of the games they played. They lost to Wisconsin, and uh, I know I think they lost another one. I think they lost to Purdue. I'm not positive about that, but uh, a couple tough losses for them. But um, I want to. This is a great quote from Tom Izzo, and I just I have to give this quote out. He says, you know, this is after the game, after the Wisconsin win, okay? He says, quote, this is what life is like. There are going to be people smacking you all the time. You better get up and smack back or die, end quote. And that's exactly it. You need to get back up when you get knocked down. As cliche as that is, it's true. You're not going to go undefeated in a, basketball, in a college basketball season, usually. Duke just dropped out. Duke just lost to Florida State. I don't care how good you are, you're going to lose, and you need to learn how to deal with losses. It's part of the business. It's part of the game. And it's nice to see Michigan State get back on track to a degree. They did beat two good teams. Northwestern's not, no slouch. Okay, they are not a slouch of a team at all. You know, will these be, will this be the first year they get into the tournament? Honestly, I'm going to say no. But they still are a pretty darn good team, and it's just nice to see that we've said again the resiliency of this team to play good even when they play a bad first half or they're just, you know, things aren't working for them in general. The reason they won these two games with things we talked about, rebounding, free throw shooting, Limiting turnovers. Mm-hmm. The things that we've said. You take care of those three things. You don't have to shoot the ball fantastic. Those things could will you to win games. Can get you to at least keep it close. Give yourself a chance to get into overtime like it did in the Wisconsin game. I don't know how many people told me that Draymond Green won us that game. Yeah, in basically. End, his, his free throw shooting, you know, like I said before the show. Uh, I know you guys didn't know that, but like, <laughs> like I said, um, he is he's not phenomenal with free throws. I mean, he's good. Yeah. But he's not awesome. And what no. you say, you hit all of them? He was 10 for 10, yeah. uh, you know, against uh, Northwestern. And his rebounding. Yeah, rebounding. I mean, you know, like nine boards, fantastic. And 20, 20, 21, 22 points. Yeah. Just, that's great. I know. And I honestly, I've talked to probably like five or six people about the game. They're all like, Draymond Green won us that game. I was like, you're probably right. I mean, he's finally, like you said, he's finally playing the games he's supposed to play. Yeah, he's playing up to his potential. Right. And I just... Yeah, I, those those were just two good games. Like I was at both of them, mm-hmm. and they were just I was excited. I mean, I was kind of like, hey, you know, during the game, whatever. And then I got into overtime, and I'm like, yeah, let's do this. I'm like <laughs> jumping up and down in the end zone. Woo! I mean, how can you not? I know, I, and I just I hope they don't do this to us again. <laughs> well, definitely. I mean, you're gonna have close games. The Wisconsin game, I understand. <laughs> I don't think the Northwestern game should definitely have been as close as it was. Mm-mm. Wisconsin is a good team. Mm-hmm. Northwestern, though, they played such a crappy first half that they, you know, they had to bounce back from that. And it was close all the way down the stretch, back and forth, point here, two points there. That game was just back and forth. I was scared that they were gonna lose it actually. Yeah, not even making it to 20 points before the half. 18, jeez. Uh, we were sitting there. We go, oh, I don't know if anyone knows this, but we get tacos, free tacos, when they get over 70 points. And all these kids around me were just bummed out. They were like, we're not going to get tacos. tacos. No tacos. It's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, good job, Spartans. Uh, yeah, congrats to Draymond Green for being the Big Ten Player of the Week. That's quite an achievement. After those back-to-back games, I couldn't believe it being anyone else but you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, great job, Spartans. Keep it up and take care of the, take care of Illinois tomorrow night in Champaign. But we are going to move on past the Spartans, and we're going to get to the Detroit Pistons. We're going to keep it in basketball land. All right, the Detroit Pistons actually played a matinee game today, uh, obviously because of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Usually it would be very odd to have a play an NBA basketball game at 3.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> it just kind of doesn't make much sense, unless it's a Sunday or something. But uh, the Pistons did play this afternoon at the Palace against the Dav- Dallas Mavericks, and they won. They won 103-89, to um, which was absolutely which absolutely great. This is the first three-game win streak this basketball team has had all season. 
And, you know, that's kind of mind-blowing. Uh, you know, if you think about it already, this team has played 41 games. They've played half a season. And this is their first three-game win streak. And I know some people might hear that thinking this team still sucks. Well, no, listen, don't get me wrong. They have a ton to work on, but they did win three in a row. And that is kind of an, that's an optimistic thing for me to look at. Now, yeah, they did beat a team. They beat the Raptors, okay, on Friday. Uh, you know, I mean, on Saturday, excuse me. Not the most, not the greatest win. Raptors aren't that great of a team, but they beat them. Oh, sorry, excuse me. They beat the Kings on Saturday. I apologize. They played uh, played the Raptors two days before that. But again, the Raptors, the Kings, not the greatest teams, but they won those games as well, and that counts for a lot. Uh, in this game against Dallas, Rodney Stuckey scored 20 points, and uh, you know they, they gave the Dallas Mavericks their sixth uh, consecutive loss. And this was actually the first game Dirk Nowitzki came back after he had sprained his knee, and uh, he scored 32 points for Dallas. And you know what? We still won the game. Tayshawn Prince, he scored 19, and Greg Monroe, who's really been really developing in front of our eyes as a really young talent. Uh, 16 points, 9 boards, uh, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Greg Monroe about 3 games ago, I mean, he had going a 4 game straight double-double streak going which which is really good to see. I mean, Greg Monroe, he's never going to be he's never going to be a superstar in this league. But this guy, this guy definitely can be a 15-8 and eight kind of player consistently. And we need a guy like that. We need a guy who knows how to rebound the ball. It's something that this team has been struggling with all season. We rank 29th to 30th in the league in rebounds, and that kills you. That kills you in basketball regardless. Okay, you need to get yourself second-chance points. But it was nice to see the Pistons get a win. They're 15-26 now. They're a game and a half out of the eighth playoff spot because the bottom of the East is god-awful, just absolutely terrible. And, uh, you know, I think Ben Wallace said it best. They were asking Ben about playoff implications. You know, do you think your team can make the playoffs? Can they get there? And I think Ben said it best. He said that, listen, we're not focused on the playoffs. You start thinking about the playoffs, it can kind of get in your head and kind of get you off track. We're just focused on wins right now. We're focused on wins and string some wins together. And then once we get a little bit further into the season, then we'll start thinking about a possible playoff run. Right now, this team needs to string some wins together. That's three in a row for them. That's important. That's good. Now, coming up... We got this Wednesday. They're going to be at the Boston Celtics. Friday at the New Jersey Nets. And Saturday they will be at home against the Phoenix Suns. So those are uh, two out of the three of those are definitely winnable games. At Boston, that is going to be a very difficult game. But I would like to see them compete with Boston well. Boston is obviously one of the best teams in the league on top, on top of the Eastern Conference right now. So it would be nice to see them play well against a team that is very good. Now, I want to get to something. I want to give a little question out to our audience uh, regarding Richard Hamilton. Uh, basically, on Wednesday, this last Wednesday, the Pistons played the Memphis Grizzlies, and Richard, ha- Richard Hamilton was benched, uh, and he was actually not told that he was going to be benched before the game. He's uh, completely healthy, uh, nothing wrong with the guy at all. My question to you guys, our listeners, does Richard Hamilton deserve better? Does he deserve more from this state, from the, from the coaches, from the whole organization, from the fans? Does this man deserve more than what he's getting? I, I've said it last week, and I'll say it again. I do agree with the trade. I have no problem with the trade. I don't think it's an amazing trade, but I do think it needs to get done. Okay, we need to, you know, it's $24 million the next two seasons. You know what? We can't be paying that guy this kind of money, not with the amount of shooting guards and point guards that we have on this team. Not with the amount of money we're paying Ben Gordon that we just picked up a year ago. But does Richard Hamilton deserve more? Give me a call. 517-432-3893. Because Richard Hamilton, I mean, I've said it. I think he, he needs to go. He does need to go. It is his time to leave this team. But... You know, he says, quote, they didn't tell me anything. I was definitely surprised. Do you think it was a level of disrespect or unfair or anything? Reporter asked. And he says, quote, I'll leave that to all of you. He didn't get anything from Kuster, anything from Joe D. No one told him that he was going to be riding the bench. And now he's rode the bench for the past four games. Now, Megan, I know you're not the biggest Piston fan, but I mean, you've watched the Pistons over the years, mm-hmm. especially when they were better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you think as, you know, as a city, do we deserve to give Richard Hamilton, you know, just something better than this? Honestly, Rip Hamilton is my favorite Piston. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. <laughs> I mean, no, it is. You're right. I mean, you said they, he spent nine seasons with us yep, so far. Yep, nine seasons. I mean, we went to a, a national championship with him and just all that kind of stuff. And yeah, he just deserved better. I mean, yeah, he might be traded. You never know. And... But play him until he does. 
I mean, he's given us so much. He's given the city so much. He's been on the team for so long that just because of speculation, they can't, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. for how much he's done for the team. And like you said, yeah, he's it's probably about time he goes. He is getting a little older. He is a little bit, you know. Yeah, and I mean, it's not even really about how old he is. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you do want to you want to get rid of a guy when you still have some value for him. Mm-hmm. I guess is the way we look at it. But it's the $24 million for the next two seasons, I guess, is the problem. I don't think they were thinking ahead when they gave him this uh, contract ex- extension back in 2008. Because if you're going to give him this big of a contract extension, why did you go after Ben Gordon last year? You know, why did you, you know, I, I just, it, none of that makes sense to me, really. And, uh, I mean, this guy, he's played 610 games with the Pistons, scored 11,250 points, six straight Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Two NBA Finals appearances, and he and he got us a title. Uh, Rip Hamilton, he's always been roughly my second favorite Piston. Uh, now he's my first. I mean, you know, Chauncey's not in town. He hasn't been in town for two years now. Uh, definitely, Rip is my second favorite Piston. But I do understand it's a business. I understand that these kinds of things happen. It, it's you know, I understand it. He didn't. He's not bailing on Detroit. But you know, we're trying to you know get something. We're trying to rebuild this team. I still think that I do have a problem with him not getting at least talked to and sat down with like a man to say, listen, this is what we're going to be doing. This is the way we're going to go with it. Listen, this New Jersey deal is probably going to go through soon. We're going to get some of these other guys, you know, more more playing time to work out the roster that's going to be with us once you leave. And you know what? If you don't mind, I'm, you know, you're going to have to sit on the bench. But give him the heads up. He shouldn't be walking into a game Wednesday night thinking he's going to play and then be right and then just be sitting on the bench. I think that's a little cold-hearted. I think you can do a better job as an organization, a man that's been with you for nine seasons. I think he could give him more of a heads up. I think he, I think he deserves that. I think he's earned that in this town. Okay, Rip City, everything. We'll never forget any of that. I'll never forget it. I mean, this has been. I mean, the last probably eight years of the Detroit Pistons has been one of the you know one of the most magical. You know, I'm so happy to be old enough to have experienced that. I was never old enough to enjoy the bad boy days. When the bad boys were taking care of business, I was three, four years old. Way too young to ever appreciate that. We had, we got to experience royalty in general with Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince. A core group of five guys that, you know what, you might never see again. A team like that without a superstar, get it done. I just think we deserve the guy a little bit more. And it kind of, you know, it's a little bit sad, like you said, to see him go after this long. It's not finalized yet, don't get me wrong. This whole thing going on with Carmelo in Denver and New Jersey, it's a huge circus. Carmelo, you know, big egotistical guy, I tell you. Uh, you know, he just the players. The players are running the asylum these days in the NBA. I want to go here. I want this much money. Blah blah blah. Uh, it, it really kind of annoys me, and that's why you see the potential for a lockout next year with the the you know collective bargaining agreement, which needs to be figured out. I would hate to have the NBA locked out next year, and the NBA better figure their stuff out because you know what? We saw what happened in the NHL when they had a lockout. It hurts the league real bad. Leagues don't bounce back as, I mean, listen, the NBA will bounce back better than the NHL did from a lockout, but a lockout hurts you regardless. So they better figure that stuff out. But, you know what, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to get to talking about the NFL playoff games that took place this weekend, and the games coming up next weekend. We'll also get into a little bit of Brett Favre, and uh, also a little bit of Red Wings for you guys. So you are listening to Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights at 10 p.m., get ready for The Mechanical Pulse, where we're spinning all the house, trance, drum and bass, electro, ambient, and remixed music you need to get the weekend started. You'll hear live interviews and DJs spinning straight from the Impact Studios and the best new music on the scene. So tune in every Friday night at 10 p.m. for Mechanical Pulse. Only on 88.9 The Impact. Have you ever considered donating your blood? If not, perhaps you might reconsider. By the time this announcement is through, 15 new people will need blood. In fact, blood is needed by one in every 10 hospital patients, and there is almost always a shortage. There is no substitute for human blood. It cannot be manufactured. It can only come from those willing to donate. To learn more or make an appointment, visit redcrossblood.org. Reconsider blood donation. It's about life. 
Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. And now we are going to get to the NFL. Uh, the NFL, definitely, we had our divisional uh, games this weekend. And in my opinion, not as good of a weekend of football as the previous weekend was, at least in the excitement of the games, in my opinion. But the games still were decent, and the NFL is almost over, so I'll enjoy it regardless, really, of what's going on. Let's go over some of the games real fast. To kick it off on Saturday, the Baltimore Ravens face the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now this game, you know, it was looking like my pick was going to be right. It was looking like my Ravens were going to win. And the Ravens laid a complete goose egg in the second half. Uh, they were up 21-7 to at the half. And you know what? They let it go. Steelers end up coming back to win the game 31 to 24. It was uh, it was probably my it was the best game of the weekend in my opinion. Uh I think the my, the best rivalry in football, Baltimore Pittsburgh. I absolutely love it. I think it's a fantastic rivalry. Joe Flacco, Ben Roethlisberger, great game. Now Megan, you watched this game. Yep. What'd you think? I mean, your Steelers won. I know. I you and your terrible towels. All, I was all about <laughs> my, my Steelers. I mean, honestly, I fell asleep at halftime, woke up in the middle of the third quarter, and I was looking, and I was like, oh, dang it, it's still 21-7. to 7. I was watching it with my friend, and uh-huh. I was like, hmm, I smell a comeback coming. He goes, no. He goes, it's not going to happen. Never. I watched the game when was, like, all against the Steelers. I'm like, I'm not going against my Steelers. Uh-huh. And they just they pulled it through. And it was really it was really great to see. It was a really good game. It was. Um it was I mean, seriously, until the last minute, it was uh, like it was a every, they were both still in the game. Yeah. Until the last minute. And that was it was just a really cool game to watch. And I'm I'm happy that my Steelers won because I see them going all the way. You, okay, we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. We we <laughs> we'll get there. I know. Um, but no, yeah, it was a great game, and I don't dislike the Steelers. I just like the Ravens a little bit more. I really like both teams a lot, actually. And uh, it's still, I mean, fantastic game. Uh, like I said, best game of the weekend, in my opinion. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Saturday evening, the Green Bay Packers played the Atlanta Falcons at Atlanta, and you want to talk about laying a goose egg? Atlanta got smoked, mm-hmm. forty-eight to twenty-one. Green Bay absolutely owned them, mm-hmm. uh, forced Atlanta to, I believe leave four turnovers uh they just got annihilated uh this game was closer at the half come the second half though green bay blew the doors off this game it completely took over and like uh you know i was saying last week i think aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterback one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league and i think he's again proving how good he is a guy controls the game manages it well they just completely ate up a team that had only lost two games over their last two seasons at home Uh, They did a fantastic job. I was very happy to see Green Bay win this game. Mm -hmm. Um, I know everyone says, why do you like Green Bay? You know, they're in the NFC North. So what? The Lions, they're never in the playoffs. Let's root for another team in the Mm -hmm. NFC North. I have no problem with Green Bay, especially since Aaron Rodgers is uh, leading that attack. Uh, Let's move on to Sunday, though. Sunday, first game, Seattle, Chicago. (laughs) That game stunk. Uh, It was boring. Uh, I really, I mean, the Seahawks made a game out of it at the end of the third and the fourth quarter. But when I say made a game out of it, I mean they made the scoreboard look better. Uh, They were never really in this game. They really had never had a chance to come back. Uh, They were down, I believe, 28 to nothing at one point. Uh, Just a really boring game. I mean, what else can I say? It was boring. I don't like Jay Cutler. I don't like the Bears. Uh, Jay Culler did play a really good game, though. Two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. We'll see which Jay Cutler shows up next week. But I was still trying to ride that Seahawk train, but it is completely derailed. Uh, they they won more playoffs game, more playoff games than any of us thought they'd win. So uh, you know, good for them. Uh, you know, they made a run. All right, God, the Bears are in the next round. Great. <laughs> uh, all right, the next game, the final game of the weekend, the New York Jets play the New England Patriots. At New England, and uh, Pat's lost, twenty-eight to twenty-one. Jets got it done defensively and offensively. Uh, the Jets really did play a really good game. Mark Sanchez looked phenomenal out there. Three touchdowns. Uh, Mark Sanchez, he, I mean, he just looked great. He just looked absolutely great out there. New England, you know what? They just they seemed it seemed like the Jets defense was bothering them the entire game. They couldn't really play their game as the way they wanted to. Um, again, they did make a comeback, but yet again, it had to come down to an onside kick that they did not get. The game was not as close as the score showed. 
I the uh, first quarter of that game was just really sloppy to me. Uh huh. I just felt like turnovers. Like I, Tom Brady threw his first interception, and I don't even know how many games. Yeah, like said. how many passes? Probably like yeah. three hundred and some. And it was just so much sloppy football. That's what I thought the first quarter, and I was like, "Oh, this could go either way," you know, in the, in the first quarter. And then all of a sudden, you know, they kind of started pulling ahead. Pulling kind of, yeah, it's like fourteen to three, and then it's fourteen right. eleven. I think all right, the Pats are coming back. Fourteen eleven, they get that two point conversion, to make it a three point game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then it's twenty one eleven. Then, ugh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't like New England too much, but I hate the Jets. I just can't stand the Jets. I can't stand Rex Ryan. I don't know what you. I just think he talks way too much. Too much of a blathermouth. I guess it's working for him. They beat the Colts and the Patriots. So whatever they're doing, they're doing something right. Mm. And uh, let's get to the matchups though for this upcoming weekend in the AFC Championship game. The New York Jets will be playing at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Megan, mm-hmm. you're on the clock. Yeah. What do you think? I'm going with my Steelers. Good I, stuff. I honestly think New England Jets game was way too sloppy. Mm-hmm. There was just a, it was not a, not good football. The Steelers were down uh, against uh, Baltimore, and but they came back. They got it done, yeah. and they did it well. And so I'm gonna have to go with Pittsburgh. I agree. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh as well. Um, I just, you know, the Jets, I mean, who knows? They could be, they could surprise everyone and win this game. I'm going to go against them again, though. I think Pittsburgh at home is too good of a team. I think they're actually going to be, you know, reeling pretty good after that comeback win. Um, I think it's kind of better for a team at times, if even if they do play bad in the first half, to come back and win a game like that in the second half kind of propels you into the next game, especially, you know, just a week later. Mm-hmm. Um, if they would have played a, you know, a horrible second half and just barely held on for a win, mm-hmm. then maybe I'd be thinking differently. But in that Pittsburgh Baltimore game, Pittsburgh did, you know, just a couple bad fumbles that really gave some easy points to Baltimore, gave them great field position. I think if they have a better job just kind of holding on to the football because that wasn't Roethlisberger's fault just need you know these guys need to hold on the football a little bit better I go with Pittsburgh as well and I hope it's Pittsburgh I would hate to see the Jets in the Super Bowl personally Mm -hmm. but let's move on this game I'm actually most excited for a classic matchup Green Bay is going to be traveling to Chicago for just again like a classic matchup of the NFC North who do you got Green Bay I think they're too hot right now Uh they are annihilating teams and they're playing Probably the best football I've seen Green Bay ever play. They're playing um, in great these, in these playoffs, and I, I I have to go for the underdogs. I'm such an underdog person too, but I just the way that they're the way that they're playing lately, it's I I see them making it. No, definitely. I completely agree. I think Green Bay is, uh, they're playing out of their minds, uh, defensively and offensively. Uh, you saw them do that against Atlanta. Uh, they just completely shut Atlanta down. Uh, they did a great job against them. And Aaron Rodgers, I'll take Aaron Rodgers any day over Jay Cutler. Uh, you know, even still Chicago, yeah, their defense, you know, they it did a good job, especially that whole first, basically the first two and a half quarters, completely shut down Seattle. See, Seattle had a goose egg on the board to that point. They still ended up giving up 24 points towards the end of that game. I know they probably weren't playing that hard, playing a lot of prevent defense and, you know, whatnot, but still, I'm going with the Packers. I hope the Packers win. I think the Packers and the Steelers would be a fantastic Super Bowl matchup. Mm -hmm. And real fast to our listeners, remember, any of these questions I ever pose, you can call in all show. Even if we're not talking about the Pistons, you can call in about the Pistons. Okay? It's only an hour, so don't worry about it. If I pose a question, call in about anything. It doesn't matter. All right, But my question to you is, what would be your favorite Super Bowl matchup? Of these four teams left, who do you want to see in the Super Bowl and why? Give me a call. 517-432-3893. Because there's only two weeks left. I mean, we got next week, and then we got, obviously, the horrible Pro Bowl, which has to be played on my birthday, which is very unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got the Pro Bowl. It's going to be bad. I hate the Pro Bowl so much. Out of all All-Star games, I hate the Pro Bowl. Why? Because it's, it's a waste of time. You got players out there in Hawaii. Man, well, that's fun. Yeah, it's fun if you're out traveling there. Sure, if I was in Hawaii watching the game, I would be fine because I'm in Hawaii. Exactly. Okay, but to watch it on TV, that's so stupid. It's so dumb. They're out in Hawaii. Like it's like they're like playing flag football out there. Come on, it's Hawaii. Yeah, but no one wants to get hurt. They're all running. Around. They, that's they're true. not playing any defense. That's true. You got guys that might be in playing in the Super Bowl. They don't even want to have to play in the game. It's worthless. But I mean, it's fun. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I've never had much fun with the Pro Bowl. I mean, You're not the one playing in Hawaii. That's true. <laughs> but I think some of these guys don't even want to go to Hawaii. They've been there enough times to some of these Pro Bowlers that go there every year. That's not even funny. It's not. I've I know. so many times. I'm so like, bored of going to Hawaii. I hate Hawaii. <laughs> I've been to Hawaii ten times. It's just gotten old. That's horrible. That is, especially if you're in a cold state like we are. Jeez. Uh, 
But I mean, yeah, the Pro Bowl, they have done something better. They moved it up a week. The Pro Bowl used to be the week after the Super Bowl, which was the dumbest thing in the world because who gives a crap about football after the Super Bowl? Let's be honest. But they did move it a week before the Super Bowl. They started this off last season. It did help them with ratings a little bit. Still, I don't know how you're going to fix this game. It's a crappy game. Best all-star game, in my opinion, is is probably the you know major league. You know, I, I without a doubt, I think the major league uh, all-star game is definitely the best. Close second is the NBA. I like the NBA more for the dunk contest and all that fun stuff. See, that's fun to you, but playing in Hawaii isn't well, fun. No, because I'm not playing. Am I there on the bench? Are you dunking? No, am I? No, no, I'm not. That's true. <laughs> but it's a lot more fun to watch guys doing fantastic, crazy dunks than watch guys play flag football with yeah, with a bunch of sunscreen on out there in Hawaii. It's all in good fun. It is. I mean, you're right with the injury thing, though. I'll yeah, it's just like can't, you can't even really play. At least like with basketball, when they play their game, it looks like more of kind of a street you know pickup game. The guys mm-hmm. are messing around, kind of look like the Harlem Globetrotters out there every now and then with just alley-oops. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. It's just ton to, It's tough to watch a game of football when they're not trying to kill each other. I don't know. That's just football. You know, you're trying to kill each other. In an all-star game, you're not doing that. So many injuries. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't blame them. I know they can't go full force. I completely understand. It's just, I, there's no way you can fix it. It is what it is. Maybe I'll go to Hawaii someday. Now, my whole opinion will change of this thing. Are you going to watch it? Am I gonna, no, probably not. Really? Probably not. I mean, there just has to be something better on. Oh, come on. There has to be. I mean, I, okay, I know the Spartans. They play the they play the Indiana uh, at 6 o'clock on Sunday. So I can watch that. <laughs> can watch, probably the Pistons probably play. can watch that. You're just finding excuses. I really am. <laughs> Definitely. If it's my birthday. Leave me alone. It was my birthday. I'm going to be drinking a beer and just watching what I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's see. All right. Let's move on. Enough ranting about the Pro Bowl. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. Whoa. This All might right. be a little premature. Who's Probably gonna, not. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? What the, what's the Super Bowl matchup going to be? Yeah. Well, we just... Uh, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Okay. I mean, if we go... because Let's say our picks are correct. Yeah, let's say... I mean. That's okay. What I mean. If that is that, honestly, it's... Let's see. It's being played in Dallas... Not that it really matters much. Ugh. Brain buster. It is a brain buster. I mean, you don't have to answer now if you don't want. I just wanted to see. No, I actually, I'm going to go with Green Bay. I'm going to go with Green Bay to continually get it done. I think, like you said, Green Bay's impressed me most out of all the teams so far, probably in the playoffs, playing consistent football, playing good football. And uh, I'm going to have to go with Green Bay. What about you? You know I can't go against my Steelers. I know. I can't do it. Um, they're they're good and they're good. And I know Green Bay. It's either way, it's going to be a good game. I'm going to be rooting for my Steelers, though. I mean, I'm not going with who's better. Yeah. <laughs> who I want. Just going with your heart. Right. Exactly. Um. Yeah. I mean, if if that's if that's what it ends up being, it's going to be a really good game. Definitely. Green Bay has so much momentum right now. And yeah. And if they keep it going against Chicago and they end up making it all the way, there might be no stopping them. There might not be. We're going to sound real dumb if the Jets and the Bears are in the Super Bowl right now. <laughs> what if I, that happens. So I don't oh. even know what to talk about. That'll be, be horrible. Like, uh. Well, hey, it'll be, I'll be able to make fun of both teams for all you know. Next show, there that'll be go. fun. There I'll go. have two weeks of that to do. Gosh. Super, super. Com- what? Like complete, <laughs> <laughs> complete opposites of what we say. No, definitely. Um, that would be horrible. Yeah, so like all oh, those guys really know what they're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I'd be like, oh, we're not listening to them this week. Yep. Screw those guys when it comes to the NFL. Keep listening to us. We're kidding. Yeah. All right. We're going to actually give a... Here's another story coming out of the NFL that came out today. Uh, Brett Favre. Brett Favre, for all you people that pronounce it correctly. uh, He filed his retirement papers today with the NFL. Uh, You know, actually, uh, you know, Favre has done this before. Uh, You know, once you file retirement papers, that does not mean that you can't come back into the league. Um, Basically, these uh, it says, uh, you know, ESPN article says that these papers being filed is basically to start the player's pension and the Hall of Fame eligibility. Uh, It does say, though, that the retired players can request to be reinstated at any time. My question to you listeners, is Brett Favre done? Yes or no? Simple as that. Megan, I have to ask you, do you think Brett Favre is done for good? I sure hope so. I mean, there's no reason he should come back. I mean, he's, he, I don't even know. He is, (laughs) he's been such a big part of the NFL. Oh yeah, 20 seasons. All these retirements. He's as old, he's been in the league as long as you've been alive. Oh, you're right. Just about, about just about. I didn't even think, yeah, you're right. (laughs) He has been in that. Wow. The long time. That makes me feel old, even though I'm not. It makes me feel, anyway, um. He wasn't anything special this past season. 
He really mm-hmm. wasn't. And uh, to come back... Injuries, oh. Yeah, well, to have two false retirements and come back every time and then just be nothing special. Why are you coming back again? Well, I mean, you can't blame him for coming back after last season. The guy had 33 touchdowns, seven, in, you know, seven picks. He played, actually, probably one of the best seasons of his career statistically. He played fantastic. Uh, this season, he only threw 11 touchdown passes in 13 games, and he was intercepted 19 times. Uh, he finished with a career-low 69.9 uh, passer rating, which ranked third worst in the NFL among qualifying quarterbacks. But, again, it, what I want to say is the injury thing. I've never seen a man that old get that beat up. In fo- I mean, it was brutal. Uh, he got knocked out in three different games. Injuries to his elbow, his foot, his chin, his neck, his back, his ribs, his calf, Jeez. his pinky toe. I'm making that up. I don't know. You could mention any body part, and he probably got hurt. he probably was hurt there. See, the only- plus a sprain throwing shoulder. I mean, see. I- the only reason I'd see him coming back is he didn't get to finish his last couple games as a pro. I know. Player. I wish he could have started against Detroit in the final game of the year. I would have right. loved to see one last Brett Favre at Ford Field. That's, you know, that's the only reason I'd see him coming back. If if he if if he came back for any other reason, it wouldn't be legit to me. I mean, what other what other reason would he have to come back? Except yeah, you love the game. He, you love the game, but if you're not helping out a team, if you're not healthy, yeah, yeah, that too, and it. I don't know. I think he should be done. There's just no reason for him to come back. And I, he's done his he's done his deed. He's done his part. He has. And, you know, here's a quote from Favre, which, I, I mean, it, it's tough when he gives out quotes. You have to kind of take them with a grain of salt. But I will, I will, I, I do believe him here. He says, quote, I know it is time and that is okay. Again, I hold no regrets. And I can't think of too many players offhand that can walk away and say that individually and from a team standpoint, I was way, it was way more than I ever dreamed of. And, you know, that's good. I mean, I think he just needs to come to terms with it being done, mm-hmm. with it being over. I think he realizes that. I think it would have been a different circus scenario if he had a decent season. You know, if the Vikings ended up going like 9-7, and seven, maybe barely missed the playoffs. Favre was a lot more healthy, didn't get as abused as he did. Mm-hmm. You know, getting concussed and knocked around the way he did. Uh, I think he might be considering coming back. But, you know, Leslie Frazier, who is the coach now of the Minnesota Vikings, says, quote, I cannot think of any circumstance of where I would pick up the phone and say, Brett, do you want to come back next season? He says, I can't think of any circumstance where that would occur. It's just not going to happen. You got a new head coach out there in Minnesota with Leslie Frazier. And obviously they're going to be going with their boy Tavares Jackson. Uh, I think Brett Favre is done. I think he's played a phenomenal 20 years in this in this in this league. Um, you know, I watched my whole life growing up. Uh, always enjoyed watching him play. Usually hated him most of the time. Obviously, when he was with Green Bay, because we you know we're Lions fans. But um, still, the guy's a phenomenal player, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's he you know he's a, just an incredible part of this uh, part of the storied history of the NFL. Uh, you know, he's basically broke and set every record imaginable. Whether it comes to interceptions, touchdowns, consecutive games, whatever you want to call it. He's played 20 years, so he's going to have all the records. And he is that good. The guy will be a first battle Hall of Famer. And, uh, you know, just, you know, I'd I, I like to see him. I mean, yeah, he couldn't go out on top the way he would have, maybe like if he went out last year. But, you know, he came back. That's just a competitor in him. It's, it's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, just retire. It's your time. Just get over it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's tough for a guy. I mean, just imagine working in a certain career field. Like, you know, let's say, you know, we go into broadcast and we go into journal. After 20 years of doing it, say, you know what? Now you got to go work construction. Now you got to go do something else. Now you got to go back to your farm on Mississippi, in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. That's not easy. That's not easy when you've been getting ready for NFL games every week, you know, for, 20, for more than 20 plus years. Obviously, he's been playing football ever since he was a kid. And, you know, that's, that's kind of tough. Now he's going to be sitting on the couch every Sunday watching these games rather than being, even if he's on the sidelines not playing, he's not ensconced into the game as he once was. But still, I think he's done for good. And, uh, again, it was great to see him play for all those years. Never forget that. He literally made me feel so old. And I know I'm <laughs> You're old. You're younger than yeah, me. No, I was going to say, I know I'm younger than you. But it's just like we, we say, oh, he's been playing for 20 seasons. He's been, on, he's been playing forever. Like, yeah. And then it's like you compare that to how old I am. And then it's like, oh, shoot. Oh, darn. I know. It's like you're comparing me to seasons. Well, that makes me feel old, too. I mean, I was only four. When he, <laughs> well, what was I four? No. Well, kind of around there. I had to throw that in there. Just because like, I was like, I was sitting here and I'm like, dang. It was like five. <laughs> yeah. Because we're like, yeah, 20 years. 20. That's such a long time. It really is. I Especially know. for football. Oh, I know, I know. For football, it's definitely a long time. But it's just you compare it to years and how old you are, and then it's like, oh, God, he's making me feel old. <laughs> <sighs> All right, well, let's get to uh, our final topic uh, that I want to talk about, and we're going to talk about the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, 
They are doing something that I'm more impressed with than ever. This team is still finding ways to win. This team is still getting points. Even with all the injuries you could even imagine this team having to deal with. Great article out of the Detroit Free Press stating Red Wings' success despite crucial injuries shows the team's inner strength. And that is very true. I have not seen this. I mean, we saw this with this team last year. This team struggled. They had problems. And this was towards the latter part of the season and towards the playoffs because they had a lot of injuries. Guys did not get healthy soon enough, and it hurt them. This year, though, Worse injuries, more injuries, but they're earlier in the season. Pavel Datsuk suffered a broken hand December 22nd. Dan Cleary broke an ankle four nights later. You got Brad Stewart, broken jaw January 7th. Osgood had sports hernia surgery Tuesday last week. Holmstrom broke his hand on Friday. Madonna's been out since November 26th with a lacerated wrist. It goes on and on and on. You got Jimmy Howard, who has a bruised knee. Howard won't be back till at least Thursday. It goes on and on. But here's a nice stat for all you Wings fans. The Wings have collected 18 of a possible 26 points since December 22nd through this Saturday's 6-5 win in overtime against the Columbus Blue Jackets. That is a telling stat. 18 of a possible 26 points since Datsuk broke his hand December 22nd. That's when things, in a sense, started to unravel with injuries. But this team has stepped up. The guys that hadn't been playing as many minutes stepped up. I am very impressed to see that. That impresses me even more than if this team was doing just about as good without the injuries. It's very impressive. Here's a great quote from Darren Helm. He says, quote, you're getting a lot more ice time and you're getting the feel for you're getting fed the puck and you're getting more confidence there as a player. You got more understanding of the game and you just know again. You just know the game a little bit better. And that's what we've been saying, that if you want to look at positives for this team with guys going down, it's that other guys get chances to get more ice time, to play better. Guys like Darren Helm, like he said, you get more comfortable out there when you're playing more minutes. You get more comfortable out there, guy like Yuri Hoodler, guys like Drew Miller, who have been struggling. You get better when you're playing more minutes. It's just a given, okay? Guys like Cleary, Stewart, Osgood, and Holmstrung. And listen, the Wings, they've got 12 points from Helm. Five goals from Patrick Eves, including a hat trick. And they had a three-point night on Saturday against Columbus from Drew Miller. It was a great 6-5 to uh, comeback win by the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings right now are second in the Western Conference. They Right now they have 62 points. The only team they are behind are the Vancouver Canucks with 64. They lead the league in points. So we're only two points back and still dealing with all the injuries that we have. Uh, third in the Western Conference behind us. Dallas Stars with 59 points, and the Phoenix Coyotes rounded out at 55 points in the fourth spot. So the win- the Wings are still getting it done. As tough it is, as it is, as tough as their schedule has been, they've had to go on five-gate road trips. They've got it done, though, and I'm very impressed with this team and how they've really... I mean, we talk about resiliency. You talk about that competitor, that fighting spirit. The Wings have it, and the Wings have been showing it. Now, the Wings do have some, I, I say, three very exciting games coming up this week. Tuesday, tomorrow, at the Pittsburgh Penguins, which I know all you Wings fans, will be. Well, you're going to be excited to watch this game. Who likes the Penguins around here? Nobody. Nobody. Not after, you know, we beat them three years ago. They beat us, blah, blah, blah. Can't stand them. Uh, Sid the Kid actually is going to be out. He still is dealing with a concussion that he had. He uh, received on, on New Year's Day. He will not be playing. Uh, but too bad. We're not going to have a lot of guys playing as e- you know either, so whatever. Uh, it's still going to be a really good game. Thursday at St. Louis Blues, always a great divisional matchup. Uh, my buddy Matt, uh, he's from St. Louis. It's going to be a great game. Hope we beat him again. Uh, I'd love to rub that one in. And then, uh, let's see, Saturday, we're going to be at home against Chicago. So three great games coming up this uh, this week. Uh, great games to watch if you want to, uh, you know, tune in. We'll be on Spot Fox Sports Detroit. And um, here's a nice little tidbit, actually, for everyone uh, regarding Mike Madano. You know, like I said, Mike Madano uh, went out November 26th with his lacerated wrist, which is a, a really, really tough injury. Uh, but they're actually stating now that he's getting a lot better, and they're looking at a comeback for him uh, in early March. 
Uh, people were projecting him at first to be out for around four months. But uh, it looks like his recovery is actually going a little quicker, and things are going well there. Uh, you know, regarding his injury, Madonna uh, was stated as saying, quote, It was tough. It was really deflating. Just everything was not the best time in the world. Now I kind of feel a little bit more positive and reaffirming that at least it's healing right. It is looking good, and just the function of the hand and the wrist is back. And, you know, that's really good to see. Um, you know, he, they're, looking at, they're, they're looking to say that he's aiming return, he's looking to return to practice in late February. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can come back by early March. I mean, this guy, he's a hometown guy. Uh, you know, he's from, you know, he's from Michigan. Uh, he's, you know, I've always liked Mike Madonna, even though he's played for the Dallas Stars most of his career. You know, it was very exciting to get him this season. And I would like to see him play a little bit more. I mean, if you think about it, guy going down November 26th, you know, he really didn't get to play much at all. And, uh, you know, that's that's unfortunate. Uh, but it looks like his recovery is going better. Uh, regarding the other injuries on this team, um, the likely, likely return date for Pavel Datsuk will be the start of February. Uh, for Dan Cleary as well, the start of February, he should be back. Brad Stewart uh, looks like the start of March, he should be back. As well as Chris Osgood. Uh, Jimmy Howard, like I said, he suffered a bruised knee in uh, Friday's game against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, basically, his pad shifted over and he took a puck to the knee. It does look like Jimmy Howard, he's saying that he should be back for Thursday's game against St. Louis. He will not be playing against Pittsburgh on Tuesday. Uh, Jimmy McDonald, who we brought up from the Grand Rapids Griffins, will be playing that game. And Jimmy McDonald, uh, he's done a good job uh, you know, filling in that spot. He's done a good job taking on that role. Good to see that right there. You know, need a good backup in this league, especially with Ozzy having to deal with the sports hernia injury. But that is enough for the Red Wings because we only got about five minutes left, and I'm going to get to my interesting facts. Hmm. What are they this week? This week, uh, household products because we all have those. Interesting. You picked some. You picked an interesting one this week. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I didn't know what it was going to be, and I started reading. I'm like, all right, this isn't bad. All right, here we go. First one. Teflon is the slipperiest substance in the world. Wow. So don't put Teflon on things you don't want to slide on. Um, yeah. <laughs> like if you want to play a prank on someone, you could put Teflon on the Teflon floor. Teflon on the floor would be hilarious. Oh my put gosh. a little baby oil on it. <laughs> They will slide through the room. Pam. Oh, God. That'd be brutal. Uh, let's see. Teflon. Another Teflon. All right. Teflon was accidentally discovered by scientist Dr. Roy Plunkett while he was conducting a coolant gas experiment in 1938. I feel like the best things people discover, scientists discover, are always on accident. That's, I was just I was, I was thinking the same thing. Really? It's like always on accident. I discovered, you know, wood. Wasn't like penicillin? I think penicillin might have been discovered on accident. Oh, probably. I, I feel like it's some sort of dr drug, some sort of medicine that yeah. was discovered on accident, and they use it all the time now. And for some reason, I want to say it's penicillin. I it probably I won't, I, I believe it. That's probably right. I mean, just a lot of things are just completely discovered by accident. Too bad I can't discover anything by accident. <laughs> no. uh, the only thing I discover are parking tickets by accident. Uh, let's see. The average North American car contains three hundred pounds of plastic. It's a lot of plastic. That sucks. Yeah, I guess you know it makes the cars lighter. It's just cheaper to manufacture, and it makes them more prone to accidents. Yeah, exactly. It makes your car like mine when I got my accident just exploded <laughs> practically my whole front end. I drive I drive a Buick. The thing's pierced steel. No, that's good. It's like it's sixteen years old now. Oh my god. Yeah, you got the Century, right? Yeah, I think I'd hurt something before it hurt me. And the thing is, I had a Lesaber. I had a Buick Lesaber, a '99 Lesaber, but I did hit it someone at 35 miles an hour. That would do it. Mine's so, four years older than yours, so you never know. Yeah, never know. <laughs> never know. And I love that car. That sucks that car is gone. All right, let's see. The ballpoint pen was first introduced to the United States in October of 1945. It was introduced in New York's Gimbel's department store, and the whole stock of 10,000 pens were sold out the first day for $12.50 each. Dang, that's an expensive pen. Yeah. Even nowadays, I would not pay twelve fifty. I know, 1945, it's like the war just ended. What do you need a pen for? Use a pencil. <laughs> or use a different gun. Or just use, yeah. People like that rolling writer. I guess. Well, let's see. Okay, let me ask. Okay, the best-selling Crayola crayon box is the set of what numbered set do you think is the best-selling crayon box for Crayola? Is it the 64? Nope. No. I don't know. The 24 set. Oh. I guess simplicity. Just the basic colors. Oh, I don't know. The one with the sharpener. That was the yeah, no, that was my there. favorite, too. I mean, I had the 96, the 64. 96 was too many colors. That is a lot of colors, and they have Robin's Egg Blue. Yeah. I fire mean, truck. Fire engine red. I'm sorry. Fire, fire engine. Fire engine red. And I'm like, it's, like, it's just a little bit more red than regular red. I guess. Like, okay. Brick red. Kids don't need that many colors. No. I, 
Seriously, it has to have a sharpener on it. That's the best part. No, that is. <laughs> that sharpener, though, stunk a lot of times. Plastic. Used to, uh. But still, I mean, when you're a kid, you're like, yes, I could sharpen my crayon. Like, wow, it's so just cool. carried around with me. <laughs> uh, let's see. This is a good one. Uh, the best time for a person to buy shoes is in the afternoon. Uh, this is because the foot tends to swell a bit around this time. So actually, you know, your foot will be at its you know, regular size, in essence, throughout most of the day. Because, you know, the afternoon, that's when you're going to be wearing your shoes most often. Your peak swelling. Your peak swelling point. I know that sounds... I shoes swell. I mean, feet swell. It just happens. Why is that the first thing that came to my head is your peak swelling Your point? peak swelling point. That's the way doctors describe it to patients. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so if you're going shopping for shoes, shop in the afternoon for them. All right. Uh, the board game Scrabble was originally called Crisscross Words by inventor Alfred Butts. Alfred Butts. <laughs> Makes me think of Crisscross Crash. That sweet uh, matchbox game. I love that. You know, you have the... It's got like uh, four tracks, basically, and the cars just crash into each other. It makes me think of, we used to do this thing to give people the chills, and you'd say crisscross applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they got Scrabble, though. That's a little Definitely. easier to say. All right, here we go. Uh, the first commercial microwave oven was called the 1161 Rata Range, Woo! and it was the size of a refrigerator. Oh, my God. So, I don't know. Was the refrigerator the size of the house? Radioactive waves. That's huge. All right, the first company to mass-produce teddy bears was the Ideal Toy Company. Whatever. The last one, the first jigsaw puzzle was created by map maker John Spilsbury, who mounted one of his maps on a sheet of hardwood. He proceeded to cut around the borders of each of each country using a fine saw. But that is it for the interesting facts for this hour. We got to go. But coming up is a great show, Asian, Asian Invasion. Definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. Definitely check us next week, same time, Monday at 7 p.m. And uh, for all you listeners out there, my name is Dave Rinku. My name is Megan. And this is Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM. An exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM.